Well, hello there and welcome back to the show. Now, if you have been listening for some time, you know that I am a huge advocate of nervous system awareness and emotional regulation. The two go hand in hand. And for those of us with ADHD, emotional regulation is one of the executive functions that can be really, really challenging. In fact, I truly believe that understanding our own unique nervous system and managing our emotions is the key to having ADHD without ADHD having you. I mean, our kids are learning how to navigate life with ADHD by watching us. How are we supposed to help them manage their emotions if we're not doing it ourselves? Now, during this episode of the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast, Carolina Ramirez and I had a powerful conversation about emotional regulation for ADHD moms, the intergenerational trauma that often occurs in neurodiverse families, and the healing we can do now to change the trajectory for our ADHD kids. We talk about why we need to self-regulate in order to co-regulate with our kids, what it means to reparent your inner child, and strategies for rewiring your nervous system. Now, Carolina Ramirez, LCSW, is a Latina licensed therapist and parent coach who specializes in supporting parents of neurodiverse children. While parenting her own 10-year-old neurodiverse son, she discovered her own healing journey and her passion for su supporting families. Carolina's work, life work, is embodied by helping others heal from emotional wounds, honor their truth, and reclaim peace in their life. Now, before we dig in, I wanted to share a word from our sponsor. As an ADHD mom with ADHD kiddos, I know firsthand that before I can teach or model anything for my kids, I have to regulate my own nervous system. And that's why I depend on experts like nervous system educator, Krista Bevan. Now, Krista has created a truly brilliant course to help moms like me and you regulate our nervous systems that tend to run on overdrive with ADHD. Now, if you know that you need some help in the emotional regulation area, I'm raising my hand. <laughs> that's an executive function challenge for ADHDers. Now, check out her foundations course. It's designed for what she calls cycle breaker moms, but the content is brilliant for ADHD moms too. It has honestly been a game changer in my own life. I'm a course participant and I really love the way Krista teaches in a way that my ADHD mind can understand, right along with easy steps to implement what I'm learning into my everyday life. You can find all the deets at bit.ly forward slash VDM dash radical mother dash foundations or found that find the link in the show notes. And just so you know, I only recommend and allow sponsors that I have personal experience with and Krista and her courses are the real deal. So check out the course and enjoy this rich and delightful conversation with Carolina Ramirez. And you're listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast with Tracy Nolan Bierman, where we believe that you can have ADHD without ADHD having you. Each week, you'll hear firsthand relatable stories, as well as invaluable tips, tools, and practices for managing overwhelm and using your beautiful, unique mind as a superpower. Motherhood with ADHD is the journey of a lifetime. Let's enjoy the ride together. Well, welcome, Carolina. It's so fantastic to have you here today. Thank you so much, Tracy, for having me. Yeah. Okay. So I, so as we talked about, um, before I hit record, you and I are so aligned and you, you know, we, you can tell us more about your work, but just in the way that we, I think in our philosophy, right. And the way that we approach, um, approach life. And at this point in parenting, it, it sounds like, and I'm really, really excited to talk about uh, emotional dysregulation and what all that means and what that means for moms and in the household and all of that. But before we get started, can you tell us a little bit about your journey and how you got to be where you are right now? Yeah, sure. So I am a licensed therapist uh, and parent coach for parents of neurodiverse children. Mm -hmm. And the reason I focused on working with parents of neurodiverse children is because I also have a diagnosed 
child with autism and ADHD. Mm -hmm. And I suspect that my daughter could also be on the spectrum and have ADHD. And I also suspect that I may have autism and ADHD. And so um, it's really come full circle. Mm -hmm. Um, My son was the catalyst for me getting into this work. I was a trained therapist before having him. um, And I always loved working with children. And so that was always my jam. Um, I think growing up with a chaotic family and what we would say dysfunctional family, I've always had this um, calling to help children because I always felt like I wanted to be someone that I needed when Mm -hmm. I was a child. And so um, obviously I worked with children before having him, like I stated, and then after having his diagnosis, um, it really helped me to really niche down into Mm -hmm. working with children with autism and ADHD. And so that's really become my passion because it's my everyday life, you Mm -hmm. know, and what better way to serve my community than also to provide them with the information that I'm learning and um, strategies, tools, um, and education, which is Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things that I always tell my parents in my practice is like, we, we need to understand, you know, when we have an understanding and an awareness of the struggles that can come with being neurodivergent, um, it's much easier to get support for yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's also much easier to support your child. Right. So that's, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. In a nutshell over decades, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And you know, I love what you said about working with children because you wanted to be able to help a child. That is exactly why I get into teaching. That is exactly what I do. And so, and I found, and so I, I the teaching was, well, teaching, teaching children was not for me. But that was my, okay, if I'm going to help a child, if I, you know, I need to work with children, that was not, and I found when I became a parent, I realized, oh, I'm taking the back door, right? I'm working with the parent is how I can help the child. It's really interesting. I see you're nodding your head. Yes, absolutely. I always say we have to walk our um, children back home. And the way to do that is helping the parent. Mm. Um, and because a lot of it is so dependent on, you know, and we're going to talk about the nervous system, but really, um, as children, we're really dependent on our parents Mm -hmm. to co-regulate. And that is how we start tuning our nervous system. This is our childhood is where it gets started. And so what we need to do and, and well, what I know I love to focus on is helping the parent. So if I know if I can help the parent, I can help the child. Right, right. I know it's so interesting because we want to initially up, there's behavior or there's, uh, there's something going on with this kid. We need to fix the kid, right? We need, and I hate that word too, the fixing, like that is not, it's not about fixing. It's about, it's about awareness and helping it's not fixing right and like you said earlier when we know the more information we can get then we can we can um we can make a decision on next steps right but until we have all of the information we can't take the next step we don't we don't know what the next step is and with with uh with our neurodiverse minds we're all different. It expresses differently in every single person. Yeah. And so that's, and I, I, I really, I really love that. And that we have to, we have to start with ourselves. And it's so interesting because I did the, uh, when, um, when, uh, when my son was born and he was, um, he had, he had sensory processing disorder and he was, by the time my daughter was born at 17 months, when he was 17 months, he was full blown sensory, you know, like slamming things and just, and, and immediately, oh, I've got to go fix him, right? How can we fix him? He did need support, but what he really needed was for me to not be such a hot mess. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I think that most of us parents don't 
and we'll talk about this so much because it's such a big part of my journey. Yeah. We don't get that message, right? right? We get the message that like, oh, we're grown up now, we're adults and you know, we're having children. And if the children is acting up because that's been historically what we have been taught in mm -hmm. like parent training and parent education is that, you know, our child has to comply and has to behave a certain way. But the reality is that if we're not regulated and if we're not calm mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm a very spiritual person. And so I always talk about energy, right? Yeah. Um, and energy is something that, especially as neurodiverse and neurodivergent people, we're more um, sensitive to. And right. we also have highly sensitive nervous systems, mm -hmm. which causes um, the dysregulation right. because we, as a society, have been taught to really ignore yeah. and not pay attention to the signs and the signals and the symptoms that we are experiencing. And sometimes it is also due to our own neurodivergence that we don't have what we call that interoception. Mm -hmm. um, so that like knowing what the sensation is inside um, right. that, that can be affected um, by um, your autism and other neurodivergences. However, um, we have also been programmed and it's been really ingrained in our culture and this busy culture just pushed through, get it done mm -hmm. to ignore those things. Right. And so, you know, as a child, like you mentioned, your example, a 17 month old, if he is experiencing the world differently due to his sensory processing, then he is going to be flailing. He is going to be crying. And that's the only way that he can say, I need help. You know, right. something doesn't feel right. Um, and then of course, and there's no judgment here because we've all been there. And as moms, we're juggling 10 things at a time, if not more, and just the overwhelm. Um, and so we're coming in with this energy of just like, I'm exhausted, I'm frustrated, and they can feel that. Yeah. And so that only escalates things. Um, whereas if we can learn, and we'll talk about some strategies, you know, to just pause and slow down, take deep breaths, find something that can ground you in those moments so yeah. that you can be more regulated and co-regulate with your child. Um, because that's what they're looking for. Their nervous system is looking for that attunement. And Dr. Mona De La Hook mentions this a lot in her brain body parenting book, which I mm -hmm. highly recommend to everyone. Um, but it's really about that attunement. It, it doesn't even require words. It's about your energy, your mm -hmm. presence, um, and how you're showing up. You are speaking my language, Carolina. <laughs> you are speaking my language. Yeah. And it's it's so interesting. You know, looking back on my own life and my own life as a as a, a person with ADHD, with a girl, as a girl with ADHD, and then as a woman with ADHD, I didn't necessarily have the um the uh the focus issues, although I did struggle in school. Um, but it was the emotional regulation of myself that I, I had a friend in college who um her uh her husband was like tracy is a roller coaster like she is just up and down and i never know where she's going to be and imagine if somebody's feeling that for me i'm feeling like all the things and the interesting thing you were talking about um about many of us um we we tend to be highly sensitive people and take in and not really understanding where what's my energy what's the energy of, you know is this my energy is this someone else's energy and i don't know about you but i also um i i looking back on my on my life as well i feel like i'm so much more intuitive um i think because of it but my intuition was hammered down no you're you don't know what you're talking like i could just feel things just having a knowing, like not knowing exactly. Sometimes I would know exactly what was going on, but um, but that we get th th those things, those parts of us that are beautiful get hammered down, right? Absolutely. By other people. No, you're crazy. No, yeah. that's not, what? You don't know what you're talking about. But then you find out later, I absolutely did. I knew that, yeah. I just had a knowing. Mm -hmm. So that, so can you talk a little bit, first of all, what is, emotional regulation or dysregulation what does that mean 
Yeah. So the way I like to define it is really bringing it to the nervous system. And really it's, it's based on the polyvagal theory of our nervous system is, is really intact with our emotional well-being mm -hmm. and our emotional regulation. So the nervous system, if you really think about it, impacts everything. Yeah. You know, our brains, our spinal cords, all of the nerves that basically send messages to every single part of your body um, is connected to the nervous system. So when your nervous system feels off and feels dysregulated, you're going to have a symptom. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those symptoms are behaviors. And um, a lot of times we don't have words, but our bodies will be telling us yeah. what it is that we're feeling. Right. So an example that I like to give during the pandemic, when the shutdown occurred, um, we were home um, with, I was home mostly with the kids. My husband had to work. Um, he worked in the grocery business, so there was no stopping. It actually ramped right. up. There I was more hours. Yeah. And um, so it was mostly me and the kids home. You know, I was like, no problem. I can do this because that's always been my way of being. I just mm -hmm. power through things, right? right? So I didn't realize how stressed I was, even though there was stress. So mm -hmm. I started experiencing intense chest pain mm -hmm. and headaches. Mm -hmm. And I would sit there in the evenings <laughs> and then think to myself, I'm like, why am I having such bad chest pain? I, I don't feel anxious. Right. Um, but it's because, like you said, in life, especially when you're a highly sensitive person and have highly sensitive nervous systems, you're usually what I like to say, gaslighted. Right. Mm, and right, they right. don't a lot of people don't do this intentionally to mm. you. However, we're told, you know, you're you're being too dramatic. You're, too you're dramatic, feeling yeah. too much. Right. You know, you're you're thinking you're overthinking this right which sometimes we can right mm -hmm. but um and again there's a balance to everything but when we start to not listen because we've been told all our lives that is how our nervous system will start sending us signals mm, and right you know you won't necessarily because we start to intellectualize things mm -hmm. we start and you talk about intuition and that is so important um intuition is so um, important that we start really to look inward. And mm -hmm. that's the only way that we can actually develop and get back to, because we're all born with highly intuitive, um, I guess I always say we're highly intuitive beings, yeah. um, but we're told not, not to listen or we're gaslighted. Um, and so we start to lose that and it starts mm -hmm. to get blocked. So it's almost kind of like we have to return back to our almost primitive state. And, right. by, and the way that we do that is by con is by starting a practice. And again, this is going to happen over time. Um, and it's still there are times that I'm like, am I like bugging here? Because like, am I really feeling this way? Right. Um, but you really have to start listening um, and getting more quiet. And again, it's that slowing down um, to help you understand that your emotions are completely tied to your nervous system, completely tied to your physical well-being and vice versa. Right. right. So right. if your mental well-being is not OK, your physical well-being is going to be impacted, impacted and affected. If your physical well-being is not OK, and so will your mental. Your mental will also be impacted. And so knowing that those two things are there's a relationship between the two of them. Mm -hmm. So our nervous systems will tell you when they're overstimulated. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times we've forgotten what that looks like, what that feels like. And so what happens is we do, do, do until we're just like exploding. Yep. And so a lot of us end up having what we call emotional dysregulation, but it's really a matter of we weren't really listening. Like we needed right. maybe to do less that morning. We needed to slow down. Um, we needed to take a longer break, we needed more rest, you know, maybe we didn't sleep well the night before. Mm -hmm. And so there's so many factors that can affect that. But it really is tied to really listening to your body and knowing what your boundaries are yeah. for your 
nervous system and how much you can handle. That's a beautiful explanation. And I love that you tied the mind body. I mean, it, it's all connected. I am, um, I'm actually this little side note, but I am in the process of, I have a yoga teacher training certification. Um, I don't do, I don't teach the asana, but I do every single day. I teach meditation. I teach breath work. Like that's all, that's part of yoga. People don't realize that, but I'm right now I'm in the process of, um, of getting a, um, it's called trauma conscious, um, yoga method is what I'm, yes, super excited because I'm understanding the polyvagal theory and that's a converse that's a whole like that's a whole other actually i do have a i have a, an interview with um krista bevan about polyvagal um that was fantastic um but understanding that that we are connected that mind body are directly connected and i'll tell you this is another little side note about what you're talking about about not listening I had the same, ex- a very similar experience with the, um, during the pandemic. I'm used to working at home by myself. And then all of a sudden, all of us are in our 1400 square foot house and we're, and feeling all of the energy of all the people. And they're feeling my like freaking out hot mess. You're in my space. <laughs> it was such a, yeah, you're in my, you're in my energetic space here. Like you're not, not, not just physically, you're in my energetic space. But it was very interesting after, at this point, I've been doing yoga. I've been on the mat for 30 years, right? And still I have these moments. And and you were talking about practice. The more we practice, the easier it is to get back, but it's also the better we get and the, the, the easier it's, it is to shift from that, um, from the, the, parasympathetic to the sympathetic, you know, the, the shifting back and forth. Um, so just last week I had another moment. We had just moved my dad. We had just it's eight, eight moves in eight years between my dad and my, between parents. And we moved once and, and we just got him moved end of September. And I, I know this about myself that I have got to take breaks, like physically remove myself from my home. Um, even if it's just for an entire day, we thankfully have a little, um, a, a lake property and a camper. So, um, and I know that I need to do this. Right. And I know that my kids were calling me the stressed out mom last week or the week, <laughs> week and a half ago. And I was like, dang, this is what I do. This is what I teach. And I let it happen. And I, and I share that because we're human, right? You're, you're a a therapist. I'm, I've been coaching for years. I've been doing my teaching mind bunny practices for years, but still, we still have to take care of our, our emotions and we have to, and that listening and that intuitive, that, that intuition, that's usually how we hear it first, right? We hear yeah. it, we we listen to it, air quotes, through our body. What yeah. is my body trying to tell me? Yeah, absolutely. So that was a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. um, uh, explanation of, um, of emotion. And also knowing, uh, understanding the nervous system, when we are emotionally dysregulated, everything shuts down. So how can we, if we have a child, at home and we're, you know, we're stressed and they're stressed and they're behaving in a, in a, you know, in a maybe even not safe way that they can't, they can't learn anything. They can't make good choices and neither can we, right? Right. And that's why it's so important. And you can, I know that you can share, this is what you do with your parents, but we have got to remove ourselves, calm ourselves down so that we don't, say something or do something that we will want to backpedal. Absolutely. I mean, it is so important to, um, you know, really piggyback on what you just said about really listening. And and even as people who do this right for Mm -hmm. work and practice it, and I love yoga, by the way, that's like so amazing. Um, and it helps with regulation, but we don't always get it right because we, we want to get everything done. You know, we want to do all the things for everyone. Um, and so, you know, again, it's not about beating yourself up, right? It's about having that grace and that awareness and saying like, oh, I did it again. You know, I, I know that I should be 
doing X, Y, Z, whatever it is that helps you. Cause like you said before, we're all unique individuals and we have to really slow down and figure out what it is that you need, because yeah. what may work for you may not work for me. Right. And so, um, it looks different for each and every one of us. Um, but knowing that if like this morning, it happened to me just to share another human example, mm -hmm. I was getting things ready for the summit. Um, and the ADHD summit that you were a speaker on, and we were so um, grateful to have you there and just doing things, um, trying to get everything done before getting the kids out the door. And then of course my daughter wants to change her dress, right? Like right before we got to get in the car and I stormed off because I just couldn't, that was like the icing on the cake, right? The straw that broke the camel's back because I was on dysregulated in that moment because I was rushing, rushing, rushing and trying to do everything to get out of the door on time. And that was the one thing that just like put me over the edge right and you know again and i did the best that i could do in that moment and the best that i can do in that moment was to storm off right because right. i didn't want to do something that i was going to regret later and of course my daughter had this face and she's like what's going on because <laughs> she knows she can feel my energy she yes. knows that i'm frustrated she knows i'm upset and you can tell that she got a little teary-eyed and it broke my heart mm -hmm. and of course i apologize and I acknowledge that I was the one who was dysregulated in the moment. Yeah. You know, she has no clue, right? She's four. She's like, hey, listen, I changed my mind. I just want to wear a different dress now. Right. Like, what's I'm going on, thinking, mom? Yeah. She's <laughs> like, whoa, what is going on? Right. And that is a great example because it really um, shows that as the parent, right, we really have the experiences that give us the greater understanding, whereas right. they do not. Our children, right have very limited experiences. We've been on this planet for maybe, if you're like me, over 40 years. Mm -hmm. um, and our children are just, you know, my four-year-old has only been here for four years. So she's right. really just learning. And so this is how she's learning, right? Yeah. Like the things that I do is gonna greatly impact how she's going to be. And so, you know, similarly, she's a very highly sensitive child, mm -hmm. um, loves to be with her mama because she was home with me for, over three years, you know, yeah. she was born before the pandemic and with me through the pandemic. Oh so yeah. You were one of those moms with the little people. Yes. Yeah. The little yes. people in the teens. So I had the teens, <laughs> you had the little people. <laughs> <laughs> and so she got so used to, you know, just being home with mama right. and, you know, um, and she loves that. And she's also very quiet and she doesn't speak up. So I think school can be hard for her for many other reasons, but, um, you know, she wants to stay home and, you know, I feel really, it, it, it literally breaks my heart because of how right. sensitive I am to her, um, that she is so nervous to go to school. Right. Um, and again, you know, this is something that she will also learn to, to work through and hopefully I can help her with giving her some strategies and tools, but then she will also need to figure out herself as she gets right. older, what she needs to regulate herself. And so I hope I didn't go off on a tangent there. No, but, but you know what, everything that you just, that you just shared, um, so in order to regulate, you have to be aware. And so in order for you to be able to step away before you, even though the energy was there, here's the thing. Okay. There, there are a couple, a couple of different things. And I want to come back to the, that aware self-awareness. How do we like, and how do we do that? But I want to, um, I want to come back to, um, to, um, uh, I lost it, Carolina. It's gone. Okay, it'll come back. <laughs> it'll come back. Um, but but that you that you, you were able to come back and say, apologize. Yeah, it's me. It's not you. I had a reaction, and I'm sorry. Right. Yeah. That's the cool thing, and I think that it's really important to that you share that because we can apologize and we should apologize when we realize that, oh, wow, like I didn't mean to, I didn't mean to react like that. I didn't mean to say that, that we can all, that we can always go back. It's better if we stick, stick with our practices. And so that it's, we can stay more regulated and recognize when we're dysregulated, 
but and here's another thing so your daughter's four mm-hmm. and I wish that I had been doing this when my kids were little, you know, like I said, I was on the yoga mat. I've been on the yoga mat for, for, I don't know how many years at that point, but I'm not going to do the math, but uh, for a long time, right. And doing these mind body practices. And I had these beautiful practices, but I was doing the practices, but I wasn't actually doing the work. Like I was doing lots of learning, but I wasn't actually putting everything into practice. I would do my practices on the mat and then I would get off the mat and be a hot mess, right? Mm -hmm. So I wasn't taking it with me off the mat. But here's what I wanna say too, no matter where you are in your parenting journey, even if you're a grandparent, your children and your grandchildren are still watching you. So it's never too late. And we do not ever want to shame ourselves or or berate ourselves of what we should have done because now we know, right? Yeah. Now we know you, we can listen to podcasts like this. We can work with with uh, with with experts like you, right? And now we know, and we can make different choices. And here's the thing: we're going to screw up. You and I just shared examples of mm-hmm. screwing up. Right. I'm going to say not screwing up, being human right? Exactly. Having a human experience because that's what we are. We're human. Yeah. Humans have emotions. Exactly. Right? Yeah. It's and again, human. and it's just really about, um, you know, this morning I, I ignored my nervous systems. Needs. Right. You know, I, I know myself and I know that I shouldn't be doing five things at once. Right. And that is exactly what I was doing. Cause I was like, you know what, let me just ignore my knowing. And that's what a lot of us do. And again, no judgment. It's about, you know, recognizing and I'm like, okay, this is why I reacted this way. I took on too much this morning. I know. And I tell this to people all the time. Listen, I'm not a good multitasker. So Mm -hmm. if you need my help with something, give me one thing to help you with. And I will promise you, I will deliver, you know, like I, you know, if, and that's okay. That's if I can commit also, that's another thing. Like a a lot of us tend to be, um, I guess, especially women, we get like program to be people pleasers. Mm-hmm. So we take on more and we got this caregiver quality in us, you know, but you know, if I can do it, I always tell people, you know, I don't multitask very well. So I know this about myself. Right. And so when this morning, when I was trying to do all the things, not getting a great night's sleep, I knew that already. Mm-hmm. And so there was just so many things that were already piling up to lead to that moment. Right. 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 And so, you know, knowing that, um, we're not always going to get it right. It's not always going to be perfect. And that I love the point that you made, because this is something that I've struggled with too. And, you know, having all the training and education that I have, um, I still struggle to take my own advice sometimes. Mm -hmm. Right. And also to integrate that yeah. has been so big for me for the past two years. How can I integrate this into my life? Right. And, you know, I recently got back on track to taking care of myself more physically. Mm-hmm. Um, I had put on weight after having my four year old and never really kind of got back on to lose the weight and all that stuff. And that's been a whole life journey for me. We'll talk about that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, what I love about, um, I'm seeing a trainer and what I love about what I'm learning is that the way that he teaches is that we have to integrate everything that he teaches us in that hour that I'm in there training Mm -hmm. weightlifting is that I need to integrate that in my life. Right, it's not just in that hour. That's key right there. Not just in the moment when you're doing your morning practice or when you're on the mat or when you're with the trainer, it's bringing it into, and that is not easy. No, and that's why I call meditation an action, right? Um, Because I think a lot of us learn that, oh, meditation is like, okay, I got to sit quietly, listen to some, you know, uh, spa music or a a narrow, what is the word I'm looking for? Um, You know, a meditation where they kind of walk you through it. And that's all great guided. Thank you. Couldn't think of the word. (laughs) Um, So that's all great. But really it's about, you said it's the awareness piece. A lot of times we just have to literally be a walking meditation. Mm -hmm. So it's like at the same time you're doing also almost having like an awareness to see yourself 
outside of you. Right. And like, how am I doing this? And why am I doing it this way? Mm -hmm. And so, and, and that again, is a practice that you build over time um, because you need to take things slower in order to see what it is that you're doing and why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, again, it's about starting these practices, whether it's in the yoga, you know, studio or at home or, you know, going to the gym. Um, but then how do you integrate that throughout your life? Right. And so how do you embody that? You know, like a lot of my work is like, okay, I've learned so many tough lessons as a, a woman, as a mom, um, and especially um, raising a neurodivergent child or mm -hmm. multiple children, um, possibly. And, and these lessons were huge for me. Yeah. And this is why I do the work that I do, because I am now realizing that all of these challenging things that have happened are happening for me and right. not happening to me. Yeah. They, they're coming through so that I can learn what is the lesson here and then how do I integrate that lesson and how do I help other people? And so again, I really want to bring it back to the nervous system because many of us listening, our moms, mm -hmm. um, we're overwhelmed. We are um, maybe neurodivergent, maybe have ADHD, maybe have autism or some other things going on, maybe going through some health issues. Um, and it really is about how do I take care of myself? Yeah. And how do I stop, pause, even if it's 30 seconds and ask yourself, why, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. You know, like this morning when I stormed off, why am I acting like this? Right. I, this is not how I want to, you know, show up for my kid. And then I realized it's because you're doing too much. Mm. You're doing, you took on too much today. Right. And right. so right. I knew that and I immediately changed, like my energy changed. I, I came back and I apologized and I said, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, so, you know, again, it's about, it's a little bit of everything, but, you know, just to really remind everyone that you are going to have some really difficult moments and I'm not here to emotionally bypass any pain, suffering, or grief that right. may come up with those difficult moments, but it's about learning how, okay, I'm not going to name this to be something negative. I'm going to use this as a information, right? As a mm. tool, like how, how can I grow through this and, um, how can I come out better? Mm -hmm. I love that. And in using it for as information and I like the, you know, being really curious, like, wow, that seemed to have come out of nowhere. I wonder what's going on with me. Where did yeah. that come from? What, what, yeah. And, and one thing I want to make sure I say, because I might forget it, is to just validate it, right? Mm, because right, like right. you and I were saying earlier, a lot of us were just told you're being too much, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're um, whatever it was that they were saying about you, but just being able to validate yourself, because a lot of times we're looking for that outside validation and um, we may not get it. Like we may never be validated by our spouses, our partners, right, right. our parents. Um, so you have to learn to give that to yourself. You know, like I'm not feeling very good right now. Like I'm feeling really tired. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't get a good night's sleep. And, you know, let me check in with myself. And, and how does that make me feel physically? And how does that make me feel emotionally? And just that validation alone can just get you so far. So Carolina, you, you talk about, um, you, you teach about reparenting. Is that part of re reparenting? Absolutely. Okay. I love that you brought that up. Absolutely. It is definitely part of reparenting. Um, I, I do work with a lot of moms and I myself, you know, consider myself to be a, uh, a warrior, a trauma warrior, mm -hmm. um, who have been through some really difficult things. And that is one of the biggest pieces for me is how do I reparent myself? Yeah. I didn't receive a lot of the emotional, um, well-being, um, or, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I guess it's just basically, I didn't receive, um, you know, 
a lot of times we think about physical abuse and, and neglect, but there was a lot of emotional neglect in mm -hmm. my family. Right. And so I learned that um, even as much as I wanted them to my parents, my caregivers to give me the things that I needed, they didn't have it themselves to give right. it to me. Yep. And so now I'm reparenting myself, which is why it's such a big part of my work mm -hmm. is to see myself as little Carolina and right. now the adult Carolina and like figuring out like what what does little Carolina need or still need mm -hmm. that I need to give to her mm. and as much as possible I give that and that also comes back to the nervous system because a lot of times when your little self your inner child is not feeling safe that's when the dysregulation comes in too. Right, right. Because she's still there. Yeah. She's still, she's still, we, we, we may have, <clears throat> excuse me, we may have grown and become adult women and become parents. Um, but that little person is still there. And I, uh, some of the, I guess early on in my journey, you know, this was decades ago, um, a lot, probably around the same time I was doing the yoga, I, I did some um, some uh, inner child work that was just mind blowing. And I realized for me, and I don't know if this is the same for everybody, but I always go back to this little Tracy who was about seven years old. She had a shag haircut because it was in the 70s and she was in a yellow bathing suit. And I think that that was the last time I truly felt joyful and then things shifted and so it, it's really interesting when and i just did this exercise i mentioned that i'm doing the the uh the trauma conscious um yoga method and one of the um one of the uh meditations guided meditations takes you back to that person that little that little girl like where were you right before it changed right and 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 going back to holding her hand you know and giving her like you just said what did she what did she need that she didn't get and we all no matter you know and us and our kids no matter the work that we've done our kids are go there's going to be things that they got too much of or things that they didn't get enough of but it all starts with us right and then we can change the the uh you know we can change the the uh, um the trajectory for our children and their children and their children and sh their children it sounds it feels big like oh my gosh like this is a big you know it it's it's not up to us even if we can change one thing and i'm kind of getting off on a tangent but it all does come back to the emotional regulation or dysregulation from childhood absolutely and you know i mean just to go back to the example that i gave of this morning in my childhood, if my parents were dysregulated, there would be a lot more than just storming off, right? right it would right. be, um, and this is something again that we can recommend anyone that's feeling like they can, they need to do some more inner child healing is to um, look for a therapist. There's um, great therapies that work with inner child healing, like EMDR therapy is great for that. Um, right. Even internal family systems is a great, um, methodology that is being used to help with that because we are recognizing that so many of us need that. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, in my childhood, if anything of sorts came up, like what just came up for me this morning, it would not be met with a storming off. It would be a really harsh punishment that was really uncalled for. I always say like, you know, the punishment never fit the crime. Right. Um, and so um, it's really about validating for yourself. Like, you know, um, it's okay for me to feel this way. Mm -hmm. um, I'm safe now. Right. And um, this emergency for me with this morning was getting out the door on time because I mm -hmm. don't like to be late. Um, and that's another you know, thing that I have to tackle. Why is it so hard for me to, you know, be late? But that goes back into, you know, my childhood too. But um, it's really about like, okay, it's really not that emergency, but that's where we have to retrain and rewire our nervous system is because in that moment, my nervous system was de detecting an emergency. Right. And I went into protection mode. And that's another thing I wanted to touch on is that a lot of times, especially with neurodivergent children, we see really 
explosive behaviors. Um, I know for me, that's um, been true with my child, um, highly reactive children. Um, and a lot of times we're like, wow, where is this coming from? But mm -hmm. it is a protection. Right. They are in fight flight at that mm -hmm. moment and they're protecting. And, you know, I heard this from Dr. Emily King, who's also a speaker on our summit. And she talked about in schools and they're doing the best they can, right? Cause we're all doing a little better than the previous generation. But like you right. said, we're all gonna still have something to work through. Our children are still gonna have something to work through and how now the educators and um, teachers are using, oh, that wasn't a safe choice. Mm -hmm. But for our neurodivergent child who is in a fight flight uh, response, the choice that they may have made in the moment was a safe choice. It's self-preservation, right? It, self-preservation but it doesn't look that way to people who don't understand yeah exactly yeah well and, and so it feels scary you know i remember when my son when he was little and he would just he everything everything was more right and it was scary to me and i had the opposite i grew up in, a, in the quiet house nobody talked about anything we didn't talk about emotions at all but we didn't talk about anything um but that but so it's it's scary either way you know oh no you know i need to i need to i need to take care of this i need to and and for the child who doesn't have the skills yet right and and who maybe is is um is watching their their parents who watch their parents who watch her loon from their parents you know the generational um the generational trauma of, you know, and, and I think, and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I, I, I want to um, go back to that, um, the, uh, when we have, or we, we have a neuro, neurodiverse household, right? And the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. So we more than likely had neurodiverse parents or a parent, right? Who more than likely had neurodivergent parents. And, and in when we don't have the skills and we, we are not aware of emotional dysregulation, um, it tends to look like dysfunction. It tends to be dysfunctional. So we're kind of, we're trying not to carry that into, into our parenting, but it is a part of our DNA. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to be kind with ourselves. Yeah. And know that also when you're stressed and when you haven't met your needs, you're going to default into how you were parented. Right. That is unfortunately um, the easiest. That's when we go on autopilot. Right. Um, and, you know, so that's why I always tell my parents, like, you know, don't beat yourself up. You went yeah. into autopilot. Um, let's repair. You know, we, we, we are apologizing to our kids more now mm -hmm. than I, I mean, I was never apologized. Um, right. <laughs> and my parents never apologized to me. And so, you know, and again, it's about like doing a little bit better. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and and knowing that we are, like you said, coming from neurodiverse families mm -hmm. that coped with their differences and however best way that they could in those times. I love that you said that because when I because there's a there's a tendency to look back and say it's your fault that I'm this way. You did this, you did this, you know, back to our parents or their parents. But really when I look back now, I'm like, oh, they were doing the best that they could. You know, yeah. we're, we're all doing the best that we could. We don't, we don't, we don't want to do things. Of course, when nobody wants to harm their children, right? Yeah. I mean, we want to, we want the best for our children and to just have some self-compassion. Mm -hmm. It's okay if we mess up. We can, and I love that word repair. That I, I use that too. We can make repairs. Better if we're practicing and, and it's in and we're staying more regulated, but we're gonna mess up and it's okay. It's yeah. okay. And as long as in our our kids can see that 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 that's how it's it's done, right? That our kids can see that, oh, if I make a mistake, I can go back and not not as a I'm going to keep making mistakes and or I'm going to keep doing these things and as long as I apologize everything's okay right but I can that they're watching us make the repairs yeah. oh this is what if you know we're not perfect and we don't want them to think that we're perfect because that's not realistic it's not realistic for for any of us to think that we're perfect 
So Carolina, what what are some of the um, the strategies that you share with your parents about emotional regulation and um, and and knowing yourself and and all the things? Yeah, I think number one is slow down. Mm, slow, slow down. down. Mm -hmm. We're always in this busy, busy. Got to do ten things at once. Mm -hmm. Slow down. You're probably doing too much which is why you're getting dysregulated right pause figure out what's really triggering you this morning i was triggered because i wanted to leave the house on time mm -hmm. i did not want to be late today was not the day to be late right and that was the story i was telling myself in my mind and that was the driver for my anxiousness my hurriedness um, and for lashing out while well, storming off like I did. So, um, really be aware of, you know, and again, it's not, you're not going to get it perfect all the time, but the more you become aware, the more you can be less reactive mm -hmm. in the moment. Um, and, and in time, you know, things will get better too. Um, you'll have, um, a better, um, insight and right. that insight will help you to manage that dysregulation mm, better i love right? that right yeah and so um and and validating for yourself mm -hmm. you know i feel really upset and frustrated when i can't get out of the house on time mm. because it trickles down and then it's you know i'm late to my first meeting of the day or whatever that might be mm -hmm just validating that for you is so powerful because it kind of gives you that relief like okay it's okay to be upset about this because of this right and right. it's okay for me to be upset because like you said for many years um we were told don't be upset like mm -hmm. you're too much you're you know or whatever the case may be or maybe you weren't even t said anything it was just the energy in the room you can tell right. people were off right um so validate that for yourself and then if you could in that moment i always like to say find something that's grounding for you mm, okay good and that's going to look different for a lot of people mm -hmm. you know but mostly it is again with your nervous system you're looking for sensory things mm -hmm. that are sensory that can give you an input through your senses a sensation that you need to feel um it could be the sunlight on your face. Maybe mm. you have to step out into your back porch or front porch or just step out outside, feel the right. sun in your face, or even if it's 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. um, maybe you need to hum. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of times I find myself humming. Um, oh, I love that you said I that. Love, I'm that's yes. part of my daily practice now is yeah. humming. Humming. Yeah. And like singing. I've always loved to sing. Mm -hmm. Um fun fact about me. So I've, I'm a singer, not that I sing professionally, but I love to sing. So I'll hum or sing that regulates me. Mm -hmm. That brings me back. And that also brings me joy right. because we also have to remember to incorporate more joy in our day. Yep. And even if it's what we call microdosing joy, mm -hmm. we need to incorporate that. And singing does that for me. My family may not like it so much, but right. Um, well, especially yeah. kids. No, mom, <laughs> yeah. stop singing. Mom, stop singing. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just moments like this, like you know. So sometimes I just have to like really feel the sensation on my feet that I'm like sitting with my feet on the floor, or if I'm walking, I'm gonna walk and just really feel held right really feel held feel that pressure um and and whatever it is that could ground you there's so many things that and like i said everyone is in unique and an individual um but just really bringing you back into the present moment is mm -hmm. what's going to help you the best when you're dysregulated right i love that yeah and then asking yourself what do i need in this moment mm, you know um and then sometimes it's like i just need a drink of water mm -hmm. um you know i just need a minute to disconnect from this stressful situation mm -hmm. um you know of course as moms we want to make sure that our kids are safe if you know there's something going on that you need to remove yourself but you know as much as possible and sometimes it's just movement mm -hmm. for me too dancing is very therapeutic yeah, um so like i i love somatic therapy too um really into 
all the things that can help your body to shift because we do hold our emotions in mm -hmm. our bodies. Right. Um, and you know this um, and in your yoga practice. And so that's why sometimes people get so emotional during yoga mm -hmm. um, because their body are releasing emotions. Oh, um, I love that so you just said that. Yes. The body is releasing emotions. I know releasing that I'm emotions. totally. I, it, that's exactly how like you're almost moving the energy through your body when you're moving, even like I'm doing this right now. This is my, yes. my, my son does the hands flapping, yeah. um, and adjust the, or the shaking or the whatever, just to move it. And we can intentionally do Sometimes we, you know, like we do it automatically, yes. but just to move the body or move the, yeah. move the energy yeah. and let us, let it move through us. And it's so interesting too. Sometimes when you think we think about, an emotion and how it's got to be hard. Like we've got to, we've got to work through this stuff and it doesn't like, what if we could just let the, let the feeling calm and move right on through and yes. let it, let it, let it be neutralized by mother earth, you know, yes. go right through our feet. Yes. I love that you said that because I have a great example. So my son is a very highly reactive kid. And so he's, hit us a few times. And so we're working on helping him through that. But one of the things that I noticed is that now he's becoming more aware and he's like, Oh, I just want to punch something. And then I come in, you know, before I used to like freak out and freeze. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I mean, what he's saying, he's saying he's going to punch me. Right. Um, and of course it's scary, but now I'm like, I match his energy and I get mm. silly. Um, and I'm like, all right, let's go. I grab a pillow. I'm like, go get that pillow, punch that pillow. And then he starts laughing and it just diffuses the whole situation. Oh, I it love it because it's like... the same, it's the same kind of energy yeah. in a different emotion. Exactly. I love that. Yes. I love that. And That's that fantastic. just helps to shift, you know, the the moment. And you know, then he's like, okay, like I'm I'm back. Like, you know, I, I'm just really upset because I really wanted to play my video game and you told me time was up, you know. Um, but you know, so sometimes it's about like doing something silly, um, you know, and modeling that for our kids too. And so like sometimes it's like, you know, I just need to jump, you know, like you said, to get the, that energy out. Um, you know, or if they are getting aggressive and they want to hit someone's like, come on, let's go hit these pillows, you know. Um, like I'm a super fan of having like bean bags around and um throw pillows that they can use those things for um so you know again it's it's like a mixed bag of things but those are just some of my go-to um but it's always the first and foremost strategy is you you mm -hmm. have to check in with yourself mm -hmm. so that then you can take care of your yeah. younger ones Carolina, this has been an amazing conversation. And well, I, I, I just have a knowing that you are going to be a regular um, on the show. And I feel like we could talk and talk and talk and talk, but, um, but it's probably time for us to close at this point. Um, but you have shared so much. And, and it actually, at some point, I'd like to have you come back and talk about how you know, with ADHD, we, it's the, the, when, when somebody says ADHD, we immediately think of focus or lack of focus, right? But the emotional regulation piece is huge. And I think, especially in women, we can talk about that at another point, but it just brings it back down to how important it is for us to regulate our emotions so we can make good decisions, so we can help our kids regulate their emotions get into the practice of it and it's not going to be perfect but we get to teach them right i mean what an honor that we Absolutely. get to teach our kids i mean you know i remember um i remember when um when my son was born and I, and, and uh we couldn't go to target we couldn't go to birthday parties we like he was on my body for print for like about a year and and all of this um advice you're spoiling that kid i had a knowing i'm like this kid needs to be on my body. Like this is a for you, mama. Yeah. Well, it was hard as hell. Cause what I really needed was for nobody to be on my body, <laughs> but what he needed was to be, is so my husband and I took turns. Um, but, but, you know, seeing the, the, uh, friends, babies, like in a car seat in the corner, just like looking around and my, my child is like screaming his head off, but how boring would it be right to have a baby that just sat in the corner? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Oh well, Carolina, God. so I know that our listeners are going to want to know more about you and how can they find you? 
the easiest way to find me is my website. So um, www.iamcarolinaramirez.com. Okay. And my Instagram, those, that's the platform I'm most active in. And mm-hmm. so it's Carolina Ramirez LCSW. Okay. That's my Perfect. handle. Okay. Great. Definitely go check out Carolina and, and, and the work that she does. It's amazing. She's amazing. And we will definitely have you back. Carolina, thank you so much for taking the time and sharing your brilliance with our audience today. Thank you so much for having me. It was an honor. Goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Vision Driven Mom with ADHD podcast. To get started on your Vision Driven Mom journey, go to visiondrivenmomwalk.com to download the Vision Walk audio guide. Join the collective of moms with ADHD moving their bodies and their lives forward and leaving overwhelm behind. Anything is possible, even for the mom with ADHD. Goodbye for now.